0: On Enmeshed, we discuss crimes and situations that may be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Enmeshed, the show that reveals some of the most poisonous people come disguised as family.
0: Enmeshed family members are fused together by unhealthy emotions instead of the strong bonds that signal a well-functioning family. Boundaries are blurred, and unhealthy relationship patterns are formed. Hello, and welcome to Enmeshed, the podcast that explores family relationships and crime. I'm Amanda. And I'm Pam. And we're seeing double today in a tragic case that
1: involves identical twin sisters. What's interesting is that this isn't our first twins case, but it is really different from the Duvall Yoga Twins, which was season two, episode 19, if you haven't listened to it already, which is also a shockingly unusual dysfunctional twins episode. Yes, that was a rough one. So interesting. So let's set the stage in Conyers,
0: Georgia in 2009, where 34 year old Jarmeka Whitehead, who went by Nikki, is fighting to get her 16-year-old twin daughters to come home to her from their great-grandmother's house. For years, Nikki bragged about how bright Tazmia and Jasmia were. Taz and Jazz, as they were called, had been happy girls involved in Girl Scouts and making the honor roll. According to one of her friends, Nikki even expected they'd get into Ivy
1: League colleges. Wow, that's high expectations. And they're really cute young girls, too, like their mother. But we'll soon find out they weren't so gifted with intelligence or cuteness. About 18
0: months prior to Nikki fighting to get back custody of her twin daughters, something had shifted with the girls. Now 16, they began to rebel against Nikki, being disobedient and disrespectful as you might expect teenagers to be, but they took it a step further, allegedly physically attacking Nikki one day when she tried to put her foot down. The state placed them with Nikki's grandmother, Della Fraser, at that time, who was much more lax about discipline. The girls were, by all accounts, happy with the freedom their great-grandmother afforded them. But Nikki wanted her daughters back home with her, as any mother would. Now, Della would say that Nikki was a handful and difficult to raise herself, so she was surprised when she saw her being so strict and unbending with her own daughters. Nikki was actually born in prison to her mother, Linda, who was incarcerated on drug charges. Therefore,
1: Della was Nikki's primary caretaker growing up. Well, there's no question teenagers can be unpredictable and hard to manage sometimes. But most of the time, it's a lot of slamming doors and miscurfews and things like that. Physical violence doesn't factor into the equation as frequently. And how many women can Grandma Della raise in her lifetime? Seriously. What a woman. Yeah, but on the other hand, we have seen some
0: murderous teens a few times on this show alone, and I'm sure this won't be the last time. Teenage hormones and rage plus opportunity is a volatile combination. So let's back up a bit and talk about the Whitehead family. On November 27, 1993, 18-year-old Nikki gave birth to Jazz and Taz. Their father wasn't in the picture at all and most likely was living in Jamaica. As the girls were growing up, Nikki was a sporadic presence in their life, according to their great-grandmother, Della. While the girls largely lived with Della, Nikki made sure they were involved in ballet, arts programs, Girl Scouts, and other normal family activities, whether they were living
1: with her or Della. A lot of people may have babies when they're 18, but that sure doesn't make it easy, and especially with two at a time. Can you imagine? So God bless Gigi Della. That's right.
0: So we don't want to pass too much judgment on Nikki for needing extra help when she was essentially
1: a teenager herself when she became a single mom. Yes, it takes a lot of love and caretaking from mothers, fathers, and of course, grandpams to raise children. Mm-hmm. More like grandpam. <laughs>
0: now, in 2000, when Nikki was 25, she met 55-year-old truck driver Robert Head, According to Robert, he'd spotted the stunning Nikki at the mall and decided to initiate a conversation with her. One thing led to another. He bought her an outfit and they went out clubbing all night. It
1: wasn't long before Nikki and the girls, now seven years old, moved in with Robert. Okay, before anyone gets their panties in a bunch, I didn't find any indication that there was something like gross going on with Robert. Yes, the 30-year age gap raises eyebrows, but there was nothing in any of the reporting that I read that Robert may have been inappropriate with the girls. Um, Actually, to the contrary, an Atlanta Journal-Constitution article reported that the twins loved being with Robert and enjoyed spending time in his truck, which he had outfitted with Christmas lights.
0: Ooh, fun.
1: Yeah, that's kind of cool.
0: It wasn't long after they entered high school that they began acting out to the point of being placed in Della's care. At that time, Della was putting in her 30 years at Coca-Cola, and her husband had died in 2009. So Gigi
1: Della already had a lot going on. So we assume there was a lot of unsupervised time. Again, no judgments from this latchkey kid. I get it.
0: Nikki used to talk about her girls in glowing terms, but now she began to tell friends she was actually afraid of them. According to one of her friends, quote, It took its toll on Nikki. She was a stranger to no one, real sweet. She was a very loving person and not a confrontational person. Anytime there was a problem, she would try to bring about a resolution and didn't even hold a grudge. She was always
1: trying to reach across the board to reconcile, unquote. But the girls weren't as forgiving or easy to deal with. And I imagine Robert was gone a lot as a truck driver. And not to mention from personal experience, no boyfriend of my mom's, at least when I was a teenager, was going to be the boss of me. You know what I'm saying? True dat. According to Della,
0: they saw any attempt by Nikki to control them or instruct them on what they should do as hypocritical. They began stealing money from friends and family, including Della, who decided to put a deadbolt lock on her bedroom door. The physical altercation that resulted in the state giving Della custody was an intense one. The girls had attacked Nikki apparently in a coordinated strike, scratching her and dragging her across the floor they were both charged with battery friends advised nikki to put a lock on her own bedroom door though she was frightened of the girls nikki still wanted her family to be together she would lament to her friends that her family was dysfunctional and that she just wanted the opportunity to be their mother in december of 2009 she called robert while he was hauling produce to indianapolis she told him she was going to fight the court order to bring Taz and Jazz home. He listened patiently as she said, quote, Those are my kids. I'm not going to
1: let them go. Unquote. Her friends and family had advised her to stay away from her daughters, but being a mother, I can say that's easier said than done. What a horrific position for Nikki to be in. Absolutely.
0: The court agreed with Nikki and, despite their protests, returned the girls to her on January 5th of 2010. Courts are known to try to keep children with their biological parents. Unfortunately, in only eight days, Nikki would be dead. Let's take a quick break and come back to the brutal crime scene on January 13th, 2010.
2: (music)
3: Are you planning an event with audio and visual needs but are not sure where to start? Waves Entertainment can help. Waves Entertainment is your premier full-service management company with high-quality custom solutions for any size event. Whether you are planning a large festival or concert, a corporate meeting or wedding, Waves Entertainment will power your event to excellence. Our team of industry professionals work closely with your vision to ensure your audience hears every word, sees every detail, and remembers the experience. Our goal is to ensure your event is customized to fit your needs and provide professional-grade equipment to amplify your message. From live stage production and talent booking to vendor coordination, event staffing, and more, Waves Entertainment is your one-stop shop for the perfect event. Visit our website, wavesentertainment.com, or give us a call at 704-662-2435. That's 704-662-2435. Waves Entertainment, powering your event to excellence.
1: Now back to the show.
0: So let's go to the evening of January 13th when a sheriff's deputy who was serving a warrant at a house in the neighborhood was flagged down by one of the sisters. Her message was jumbled and disturbing blood, mother, dead. She led him to their home where the deputy found Nikki's bloodied and beaten body in the bathtub. She had been beaten with the vase and stabbed over 80 times. Puncture wounds penetrated deep into her lungs, and blood soaked into the carpet and stained the walls. The girls told the police that they'd gotten home from school and just stumbled across the horrific scene. They suggested Robert, Nikki's boyfriend, might be behind the murder, saying he discovered their mother was talking romantically with a man named Joe, and therefore Robert probably
1: killed her in a jealous fit of rage. Wow, that was overkill. So as we know, the police do look at intimate partners for good reasons, and the medical examiner said that Nikki's death was a crime of passion, albeit she was not sexually assaulted, so it'd be unlikely her assailant was a stranger. The girls obviously thought this through, but we all know if anyone is immediately trying to solve a murder, they are most likely guilty. They're trying to find anyone else that they could
0: pin it on besides themselves. Right. Even... People that don't exist. Exactly. Like guys named Joe. (laughs) And, well, Robert did exist, but
1: Joe did not exist. I'm not sure. I don't think so, though. Yeah.
0: And besides, there were no signs of forced entry, so the likelihood that Nikki knew her killer or killers was very high. After going through Nikki's phone, officers determined there was no Joe. DNA testing also quickly eliminated Robert as a suspect. As they were questioned the girls initially seemed distraught, panicked and inconsolable. The petite twins hugged each other and cried with Taz telling her sister that they needed to stay strong to find out who did this to their mother. They told the police that they'd missed the bus that morning and walked to their high school making them about 10 minutes late. They indicated they left for school around 7:30 a.m. However, surveillance video from a nearby gas station confirmed they caught a ride to school, they did not walk. Surveillance video from the school also confirmed they were two hours late, not ten minutes late. Later, when police asked them if they could get them anything during a break, the girls asked to watch an episode of CSI, which makes no sense to me, and red flags are flying. For sure. Busted. Bad move, girls. Can we just talk about that for a second? Because what? Of all the things that you could ask for during a break, why is that the one thing that you pick? How is that not suspicious? Maybe they needed a few pointers. Yeah, they wanted the episode where Joe was the uh, the lover, secret lover. Yeah, and the prime suspect. Right. Well, police thought so too, and had to ask the sisters to remove gloves that they were wearing inside the station, which exposed scratches on both of their hands. They said the scratches came from fighting with each other. Then, Jazz did something really strange, as if we're not strange enough already. She started biting her own arm. She said that it was a nervous habit of hers. This was so odd, investigators separated the girls to get a more complete story.
1: Yeah, good luck with that one. These two are so wicked enmeshed. Initially,
0: they each stuck to their story that they discovered their mother dead in the bathtub upon arriving home from school, but it didn't take long for the police to start poking holes in their story. For instance, investigators discovering they had actually been two hours late to school rather than just 10 minutes. However, it took a little while to start building a case against them. This was all circumstantial evidence and neither was confessing. The same night as the murder, Jazz and Taz were released into the care of their great-grandmother. For the next four months, they lived life as usual. They went to school, hung out with friends,
1: and even attended the prom. Poor Gigi Della. I mean, goodness. Also, our research indicates when Nikki was buried on February 1st, the twins wouldn't approach the casket at all. Feeling guilty, are we?
2: Hmm.
1: Maybe. A review of the forensics
0: gathered from the crime scene and Nikki's body brought the police one step closer to justice. They discovered a hair caught between Nikki's teeth as though she'd bitten someone. Remembering how Jazz had bitten her own arm, police concluded through forensic dental records and a mold of Nikki's teeth that the indentations
1: on Jazz's arm had, in fact, come from Nikki. Nice investigators also found a pair of bloody brown boots that were thrown into the twins' closet. The DNA from the blood on those boots and the vase, which was used as a weapon, matched the identical twins, and get this, whose DNA cannot be distinguished from each other genetically. Interestingly, though, identical twins do have different fingerprints. Did you know that, Amanda? I did, and that is really cool. It's, yeah. I wish I, wish I knew more about that. I'm going to look into that one some more.
0: The police also realized that in the eight short days that Nikki had custody of the twins, she'd called the police three times to help her get them under control. Finally, in May of 2010, the police went ahead and arrested the Whitehead twins despite still cementing the case. With school ending, investigators were concerned Jazz and Taz might flee. They placed them in separate holding facilities so they couldn't shore up their stories. Though they both initially entered a plea of not guilty, Taz pleaded guilty in January of 2014 as part of a plea deal. Shortly thereafter, Jazz pleaded guilty as well. They admitted that they had indeed killed their mother. On the morning of January 13th, the girls were late for school. They didn't want to get out of bed when their mother told them to, and that was causing tensions to flare. Once everyone was in the kitchen together, Nikki was scolding them and waving a pot around. The girls jumped into action, wrestling the pot away from her, knocking her down, and hitting her. At one point, Nikki grabbed a kitchen knife, but the girls got it away from her. One of them hit Nikki over the head with a vase, drawing the first splash of blood. As the
1: attack continued, Nikki bit Jasmia's chest and arms. Can you imagine what it would take to bite your own children in an attempt to save your life? This is just unbelievable. At some point the brawl stopped and
0: Nikki escaped outside to ring the doorbell of the next-door neighbor who unfortunately didn't answer. Blood was later found on the wall of the neighbor's house. The sisters retrieved her and dragged her back into their house where the battle began anew. They both stabbed her multiple times, punching her and even trying to strangle her with the ribboned medallion Jazz had won as a child. Having thoroughly weakened her with a severe cut to her spinal cord, the girls then carried Nikki to the bathtub, turned on the water, and she eventually drowned. According to their interview, they cried and argued a bit before deciding to clean up and head to school as an alibi. Disposing of the knife and vase as well as Nikki's purse and phone, they fully expected the police would be at the house when they came home and that their mother's body would already be removed.
1: Instead, they had to reckon with what they'd done. I have to wonder how they were acting at school that day. Like, I never have to come back here, y'all. You know, like freedom. Like they were going to be free from it all and have this dream life.
0: Well, while they both finally expressed remorse as they were being found guilty for Nikki's murder, it's hard to take them seriously. From a shared journal, as well as a letter one of the girls wrote to her boyfriend, investigators discovered that the twins had long planned to kill Nikki. During one of the court hearings where Nikki was trying to regain custody, Jazz threatened to kill Nikki if she had to move back in with her. The warning signs,
1: sadly, were all there. As Nikki was dying in the bathtub, she told her daughters that she hated them. She slipped under the water a few times before finally succumbing to her wounds. This woman had worked so hard to get her kids back only to have them viciously murder her and wanted her to suffer a horrible death.
0: Both of the girls were sentenced to 30 years in prison with the possibility of parole in 2017, which they were each denied. They were sent to two separate prisons, with Tasmia serving her sentence at Pulaski State Prison, while Jasmia is at Arendelle State Prison. During sentencing, Nikki's mother, Linda Whitehead, who was estranged from her mother Della, tearfully told the court that while she loves and forgives her granddaughters, she regrets that their violence escalated so horrifically. Quote, Unfortunately, my grandchildren never learned right from wrong and that's why we are here, she said. They should be in college, not sitting somewhere in jail, And let's not forget the hole left in Robert's life because of the twins' actions. When the Atlanta Journal-Constitution spoke with him, he said, quote, all she had to do was let those kids go. She would have done real
1: good if she had, unquote. So Della, bless her heart, Refused to believe that her great-granddaughters had killed Nikki, and constantly stood by them through their court trials. She also shared that the girls have never talked to her about their actions. In a 2016 interview, she said, "I can't see it. Something in my heart don't believe it." Della continues to care for the twins and visits them in prison also attending a family day program at their respective facilities. In addition, Della was delighted when the Whitehead sisters earned their GEDs in 2016 with Taz pursuing a computer tech course and her sister exploring a career in medicine. Quote, I see in them what I've always seen. They were always loving and wanted to excel in what they did. As far as we know, Della is in her late 80s or 90s and still resides in her Clarkston, Georgia home, awaiting her great-granddaughter's release. This reminds me of the Canadian
0: sisters' case in Season 1, Episode 3, where they murdered their mom in the bathtub.
1: Totally different circumstances with the same cruel ending. For sure. So, hey, Meshers, don't kill your moms. It's almost Mother's Day. Have some respect. Got that right. And that's a wrap for today. We will see you next week for a new episode of Enmeshed. And remember, some of the most poisonous people come disguised as family. Even your own kids.
0: Thank you for listening. All of our sources are in today's show notes, as well as those important resources. You can find us at Enmeshed underscore True Crime Podcast on Instagram or Enmeshed True Crime Podcast on Facebook and let us know what you think. You can also get a behind the scenes look at the show and chat with us about any of the cases you've heard here or share case suggestions please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to keep up with Enmeshed and join us every Monday for fresh takes on stale relationships. Enmeshed is an Oh No production.
2: Oh No!